Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. The Word of God though together this morning, Exodus chapter 12, just two verses. Exodus chapter 12 verse 35 says, And the people of Israel did just as Moses had instructed. Pause there a second. This is the night before they're about to go leaving Egypt where they've been enslaved for 400 years. They're about to go out of that miraculously delivered, miraculously set free. Every single one of them can hardly wait for the moment. We're going to get out of here. But Moses says, go back to the people who have been your masters and mistresses Ask them for clothing and articles of silver and gold. The Lord caused the Egyptians to look favourably on the Israelites and they gave the Israelites whatever they asked for. So they stripped the Egyptians of their wealth. Not only about you, but if you were getting ready to get released out of the oppression and slavery that's been your life and your parents' life and your grandparents and those before them and no hope for your children to be raised in any different environment to that. I don't know about you, but if I was told, go back one more time, go back, you've got nothing, go back and ask them for their furs and their fine clothes, go back and ask them for their jewellery, I'm pretty sure most of us are going to go, uh-uh, not likely, You've got to be kidding. I don't think I want to get there. What if they change their minds? These people who have oppressed us, mistreated us, and now they're going to go back and we're going to say to them, give us all your fine stuff. And they're just going to say, well, why not? You've always admired my beautiful string of massive pearls. How about you take them? What about this fine alabaster and silver, beautiful jewellery. Yeah, of course. And what about this fine, fine fur of something or other that's well and truly dead or probably was never ever alive in the first place? Uh, And why don't you just go and get that? And Oh, what about this beautiful jacket? Uh, I wonder if that'll fit me. And I go back and I get the lovely Jacket, it fits. What a miracle. I'm definitely, I'm going to keep this one. And so there you are with all the fine stuff you're wearing and it's so beautiful. How do you think you greeted the people back home when you came back from the master or the mistress and you walked in and they said, oh, what have you done, mum? What have you done, dad? Oh, what do you do with all that stuff? And you go, you'll never believe what happened. I went there to Mrs. whatever her name was. I'm just trying to think of an Egyptian name and it never came to me. And uh, I went back to them and asked them for this stuff and they gave it to me. And look, there's plenty for all of you. Anybody come up here? Would you like some of this? Would you? Oh, this is just exquisite. My goodness gracious. I have no idea what this looks like, but I've got a fair feeling that it looks a bit strange to people that have just joined us 
on YouTube or on Facebook Live and you're going, what kind of church is this? This is an Australian church. We do things differently in Australia. And uh, these people are, are parading around. They're absolutely elated, going, how awesome. I reckon they would have put on every single bit of it, left none of it behind it. You can tell I've never worn it. any of this stuff really. I don't know what to do with it, whether this could be headgear for all I know. And I'm pretty sure that they got that. Well, the next day they leave the land of Egypt and they start on their journey and they're carrying all this stuff with them as they go. And as they go on the journey, I'll guarantee they were admiring one another. Look what you got. Oh, wow, do you look fine or what, sister? Amen. You're looking good. That jacket is so incredible. And everyone's just enjoying all the stuff that they've got. But of course, that's fine for day one. But then you get to day two. And after that, up comes Pharaoh and all of his army. And you're trying to run away. And all of a sudden, you realise you're carrying all this stuff. And you've got to, how many people would be feeling tempted to jettison the weight, get rid of what they're carrying? Because really, I need to strip down. I need to make time for me. I need some me time. I need to get rid of this weight I'm carrying. It's way too much. Man, I got to go hard and fast. I don't need all this extra stuff weighing me down. But God had told them to keep it on. God had told them to carry all this stuff. And so they do that. They get through the Red Sea. They get through the, all the places and get out of there. But then after a while, they run out of food. They run out of water. And how many people know you can't eat jewellery? How many of you didn't know that? But now you've learned something at church today. And so they're out there going, what's the good of all the fancy stuff? What's the point of having a fine fur when I can't have anything to eat? What's the point of all this stuff I've got if I can't feed my children? if I've got nothing to be able to uh, put on the table. And so all these people are asking themselves the question, what's the point of what I'm carrying? What's the point of what I'm carrying? But because God had said, carry it. It wasn't just a Moses idea. They kept carrying what God had commanded them. It wasn't too long into the journey that Moses told all the children of Israel, God has commanded me to ascend at Mount Sinai. He wants to talk to me, I'll be back. When he comes down, this is what he says. This is Exodus 25 verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, tell the people of Israel to bring me their sacred offerings. Accept the contributions from all those whose hearts are moved to offer them. Here's a list of the sacred offerings you may accept from them. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet thread, fine linen, goat's hair for cloth tanned ram skins 
fine goatskin leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, onyx stones and other gemstones to be set in the ephod and in the priest's chest piece. Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern I will show you. Hello. All of a sudden, all these people hear God reveal His plan for a mobile church, for a church that can move at a moment's notice and that can set up anywhere. Albania or Italy. Switzerland or the UK or India or a small country town somewhere or other in Australia or somewhere else. And all of a sudden, everything they've been carrying makes sense. The badger skins that that person got from their Egyptian master and that they lugged through the wilderness, through the Red Sea, the jewellery that weighed so much that at some point they thought, why don't I just leave it behind? It really won't matter. It's only weighing me down. And all of a sudden, they start saying, badger skins? Oh. Jewelry? Oh. I want to tell you today that there will come a day when what you are carrying will make sense. Don't quit before your are. Right now, you may wonder, why do I carry this burden? Why am I bothered about it? Why am I investing in that? Why am I committing my time? Why do I do the things that I do? And you may look at them and go, what's the point of carrying that? And then there'll come a day where the Lord will say to you, this is why I had you carry it. Mark's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 1. This is, of course, about Jesus. And again, He entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that He was in the house. And immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them. No, not even near the door. Just, I'll be back in a sec. Then they came near to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. I want you to imagine you're one of the four that are carrying this burden. We don't know how far it was, but it must have been a fair distance because one man could have piggybacked one, but it's too far for one. So four men pick him up, put him on the stretcher, start carrying him all this distance. I don't know whether they had to stop occasionally and 
get a breather, as we say in Australia. Just pause a minute. Wow, it's heavy, isn't it? It's a hot day. Wow, how far we got to go? Look, it's not much further. Just keep going. We're nearly there. Just keep carrying it a bit more. And the whole time, the man who's going to be the chief beneficiary of it does nothing to help. Sometimes in ministry, we want thanks for what we do. We want some reciprocal effort from the people we're helping. This guy can do none of that. Four men care and so four men carry. And then you can imagine they get to the point. Can you wonder what it's like? They carry him a long way. And then again, it seems pointless what they're doing. All this way, and we can't get the guy in. There's no room. Oh, I guess a couple of them were, I don't know if it had been me, I would have gone up to the door and said, excuse me, I know you're really engrossed in what Jesus is saying, but we bought this guy and, you know, would you mind just getting out of the road? Can we just, you know, push our way in? But, you know, so many people there would have just said, look, sorry, mate, tough. We got here early and we're enjoying all this and we don't want to make space like that. All this way and what's the point of what I'm carrying? Did we do all of that for nothing? We get here, God, like, hello, God. We're doing your work. At least you could have done was supernaturally make another door. But heaven is silent and nothing happens. It's never a mistake to hold on to something that God has trusted you to carry. It's never wasted effort. Some of you here in this service today, wherever you are, have been carrying a burden for your family, carrying a burden for someone at work, carrying a burden for a ministry that weighs heavy on your heart, carrying a load. And really, you get to some points where you go, well, what's the point of what I'm carrying? I'll say it again, it's never a mistake to hold on to something God has trusted you to carry. There's mums and dads in this service, grandmas and granddads, and you wept and prayed and cried your tears of intercession and asking God to intervene in that child or that grandchild or whoever it might be. You've carried it for this year and that year and further on, but when you finally kind of get close, it's like the door is shut. You go, what's the point of what I'm carrying? It's never a mistake to hold on to something God has trusted you to carry. Obstacles aren't a sign that you should stop or give up. 
Can I say to you that in every ministry that I know of, of all the value that there is in every one of them, I've never known one in the life of our church that at some point hasn't looked like either A, a waste of time, or B, an impossibility. They've all get to that point. Every single time. And it's at that point that you ask yourself, do I keep carrying? Or do I become one of those who say, well, I believe that, but you know, well, it just never worked out. That burden that you've been carrying, your family, your workplace, your community, that ministry, keep carrying it. And when you strike the obstacle, start saying, God, is this you telling me to look beyond the binary? The yes, no, the shut open. Because these guys look there and there's no way in until one of them, who, who is it? I don't know. Maybe he'd been a reformed burglar. Maybe as an architect or a builder, I don't know who it was. If it was me and I was God, I would have put a reformed burglar there and said, listen, guys, I used to break in by, you know, climb up on the roof, you know, hello, flat roof, walk up the stairs, get up there, you know, and I just happened to have bought with me my screwdriver that I use. And, uh, you know, he gets up there and starts digging little holes in the roof. And, you know, the people sitting down below listening to Jesus hear a bit of scratching up above and, you know, go, I wonder what that is. It's a bird pecking on the top of the roof. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Jesus keeps on speaking. And then, but a little bit of dirt falls down. And, you know, all of a sudden they look up and there's daylight through there. And the hole, you know, is not just a little bit of the roof kind of caving in. It gets larger and larger. And people are under it. Hello. They didn't have a little, you know, a little portable vacuum cleaner sucking it up like the tradie who came to your house last. That wasn't the way it worked. They make a hole big enough to lower this down. Think about that. And can you imagine the guy who owns the house, who's hosting Jesus? Wow, that's beautiful, Jesus. Oh, that's a, God, what are they doing in my house? That's the last time I have Jesus in my house. Look what he does. He wrecks things. Because sometimes Jesus wrecks some of the things that matter the most to you because he's trying to get something in. Amen? Huh? We're trying to keep it all nice and he's trying to get it done. I, I don't know who it was said once, you know, uh, I'm not too much worried about all that stuff. I'm just trying to get something done. I love that verse in Corinthians where it says, let all things be done decently and in order. I just like the fact that it says, let them be done before it says the other bit. Just get them done. Amen? Just get them done. And so they dig this hole and they lower the guy down. You know the story most likely. Jesus stops in the middle of a great sermon and declares to this guy, your sins are forgiven you and everybody that's there. Obviously, we're listening to the words of Jesus, but not the spirit of Jesus. Because immediately there's an outcry. Who is this man that he dares to blaspheme? God's the only one who can forgive sins. Jesus says, let me prove it to you. Says to the man, rise, take up your bed and walk. Immediately the man gets up, takes his stretcher and goes. 
Everyone's amazed at it. But none of that miracle and none of that forgiveness ever would have happened if it wasn't for somebody, for two people, for three and for four, who said, I'm going to keep carrying what God's commanded, even though there seems to be no point, even though I'm encountering impossibility. God, there has to be another way. And they get open to what God is able to do. I want to tell you this morning, there is a purpose for what you're carrying. Let me declare to you, no matter who you are, that there are people who need your obedience to God. And there are people who need your persistence in the journey. The children of Israel get to a moment where all of a sudden everything they've been carrying on the dusty tracks through their moments of lack and their moments of abundance, through the celebration, the elation, and then the desperation. They get to that point and they, all of a sudden they go, now we understand why. God's got a purpose for what He trusts you to carry. He doesn't always explain the end from the beginning. He says, just keep carrying what I'm trusting you with. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. There is so much, Lord, that you have trusted us with as a church. There's so much that you've allowed us to carry things for you. And there's been moments, Lord, where it was a, so much celebration and wonder. And there's been other times, Lord, where we wondered whether we were even carrying what we were meant to carry. God, I pray for individuals here as well. I know there are people who've been carrying family members for a long time, praying for their salvation, crying out to you and keep on finding that the doorways fall. There's no opening for them to seemingly get through and break through. God, today we want to tell you we accept what you have trusted us with. We'll do our best, Lord, to be faithful, to be open to new ways of doing things than what we're used to. Thank you for helping us today, Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for anybody that's a part of this service, wherever they are. Maybe like Nathan said earlier, they used to walk with you. They had the elation, the celebration, and somewhere along the way, they lost their way, came across a doorway that was shut. But today, Lord, you're saying, come on, I'm waiting for you. Come right in. I thank you, Lord, that you're making a way for them today. In Jesus' name. Lord, I believe that many of us today in this service want to simply say yes to what you've trusted us with in new ways.
We thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd love you to let us know. Info at metrochurch.org.au, the one-stop spot. For if you want to let us know what you're going through so we can be praying for you. Or the opportunities or the vision that God's put in front of you, the thing He's trusted you to carry. You can say, would you believe with me for that? Would you pray that God will give me creativity? That will open my eyes and my mind. Would you pray that God will give me strength to go all the way for Him and what He's asked me to do? We'd love to do that for you. If you're one of those people who maybe you used to walk with God and lost your way or maybe you've never said yes to Christ. I meet people like that all the time. They've known religion. But many people nowadays have never even known that. All they've ever heard about church is in a negative frame and the things that maybe Christians might have done wrong. But, you know, inside of them, they still wonder whether there's something behind all that. God loves you. That's what I know. God loves people. Not people of a certain kind, of a certain background, or a certain demographic, a certain upbringing. My Bible says, For God so loved the world. Because He loved the world, He said, I'm going to give you my Son. If you believe in Him, if you receive Him, He says, I'll give you everlasting life. How good is that? All it takes is your yes. It's as simple as that. The Bible's full of people that said yes to Jesus and their life was radically altered. They knew God in a way that they'd never thought they could because of a yes. It's so easy. We carried this for years. Our tech people, We've got so many things we carried, some of them where we struck doors that seemed to be stopped, but we kept picking it up and carrying it on. And a couple of years ago, we started Yes Text. All you've got to do is send your yes in Australia. You can just send it via a text, actually. Why yes? 0488826392. Or you can email us your yes at yes.metrochurch.org.au from anywhere in the world. The next day after we get that, we send you a scripture, different one every day, and a prayer, a different one every day. Fits on one screen of your smartphone, so it's not a lot of reading. They're little things that'll help you to walk with God. Hundreds and hundreds of people now have said yes to 0488826392 or yes.metrochurch.org.au. They've begun a journey with Christ. I'd love you to do the same. I'd love you to say yes to Christ today. Would you do that? Say yes to Him. Let Him do something profound and wonderful in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 